is back. FPL is finally here. Hello, FPL Surgery listeners. It has been the longest break that we have ever had from football, but football is back. FPL is back, and we are back recording. On this episode of the FPL Surgery, we are going to talk about the fixtures and rule changes, what we've learned from the Bundesliga, how to prepare your team for game week 30, what options there are from the double game week teams, and the players that were injured. Okay, welcome back listeners to the 171st episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast, recording on Tuesday the 9th of June 2020. Iceman here again. Yes, we are back. Hope you have missed us. Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you will know that football is restarting next Wednesday, 17th of June, as is FPL. And the stands might not be full, but don't worry, Sky are planning on playing the crowd noise in conjunction with the game. Yes... The world is going for a torrid time at the moment, but who better to help us forget about it for an hour or so but my co-host, Stefan Hogsrod. Welcome back, Stefan. How are you and how have you coped without the football? Yeah, it's uh, I'm good, but it's interesting that you say it's been the longest time without football in maybe forever. And yeah. I think you're quite right. How are the players going to cope? Yeah, 12 weeks, 13 weeks, something yeah. like that. It's been a long time. It's been too long, too way too long. So have you coped okay without the football? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm doing just fine without the football. But I'm looking forward to having it back and especially to watch Liverpool raise the trophy in front uh, of empty I, stands. I and... forget that you're you're a Liverpool fan, so I do forget that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the title was in jeopardy for a while there, watching <laughs> the news and figuring out if they're just going to call off the whole season. Yeah. It would have been every a lot of fans would have been especially happy with that, but I think it's good that we get a, an ending to the season after all. Yeah, don't worry, Liverpool will win it with a nice asterisk in the top right. Moving on. <laughs> so this week's guest is another regular on the FPL surgery. He runs his own successful FPL YouTube channel with fourteen thousand subscribers. He has four top twenty-five K finishes within the last four years. Welcome back to the podcast, JNO from FPL Today. How have you been coping without the football, Jano? I mean, I think the more important question is how I've been coping with the kids at home all the time. (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah, I've missed football, definitely missed football. It has given me some time to play a lot of video games, though, so I've been getting back on that. Oh, which ones have you been playing? Oh, I've I've played FIFA all year round, but um, started streaming games on Twitch as well, so a bit Minecraft, a bit Warzone, Rocket League, all sorts. So, yeah, been keeping busy without the football, but yeah. Glad it's back. Yeah, I do love a, a gamer. I'm a, a COD mobile player myself. I have been playing quite a bit of that as well. Feel that break. Yeah, feel the void. Yeah. Okay, well, now that we are back, we are reopening our Patreon back up. Firstly, I would like to thank all of our patrons. You are brilliant people. We have lost a few patrons, but we've had one join recently. James Watson, thank you to him. He has joined at the Slack level. We always got to say thank you to Andy Portlock, Vince Paul and Ron Frost, who are pledging at the highest tier so they get an extra special mention. Okay, I'm going to move back to the topics. Fixtures and rule changes. So there have been a few changes that you need to be 
made aware of. I'll run through these as quickly as I can because I'm sure if you're listening, you'll be aware of these. The first one is uh, FPL managers can make unlimited transfers until game week 30 plus deadline without playing a wild card. The fixtures have been announced. The double game week will start this off. Some games will be on neutral grounds. Teams will now be able to make five substitutions during a match and the bench has been increased from seven to nine, but they are only allowed to make these subs three times within a game. As mentioned, we will start with a double game week and it is the only double game week left in the season unless COVID-19 interferes again. Prices of the players will not change until after game week 30 deadline has passed, which is Wednesday the 17th of June at five o'clock. Any unused chips or wild cards will remain available for use at the end of the season. Triple captain, bench boost and free hit chips are available in game week 30. So let's have a think about those rules and go over how we need to adapt to it. This is an unprecedented time. I hate that word. It's the most overused word of 2020, but it's a matter of adapting to it as we go. But don't worry yourselves. If you don't get it right, then you always have that excuse, the COVID-19 season, which is exactly the one I'll be using at the end of the season. Okay, so five subs. Let's, let's cover that first. Firstly, this doesn't mean that every team will use five subs. Now the players are coming back, it's going to feel a bit weird for them. They might be prone to mistakes, so they may get subbed. It could have an effect on the at- attackers and the wingers and the fullbacks. They'll probably most be at risk. So it might, it might be the case that you might need a full 15. Uh, it might be the most important thing ever because of those players. There's, there's going to be injuries going on. Uh, what are your thoughts on the five subs, Jane? I'll come to you first. I mean, the way I looked at it when I first heard about this is, will it really affect the way I look at players overall? Because especially if you're looking at the big budget players, you're looking at players that you'd expect to be able to do something in 60 minutes anyway. So the fact that there's more substitutions, like you said, doesn't necessarily mean they'll be used. I imagine teams with less to play for as the fixtures go will probably make more substitutions. So for instance, if Liverpool do win the title early, then I imagine they are more likely to use their subs or their full quota of subs in a game than a team that is maybe fighting for a Champions League berth or fighting for survival. Those teams are probably going to try and stick to the teams and players that they think are going to get them the result. And you don't really want to ruin the flow of a team or the tactics of a team by making too many substitutions. So I think those teams will be more tactical. So for me, while I think it is something we do have to take into account, and of course there's going to be managers that use this a lot more than others, I do think there's still room for us to pick players that we think will have an impact in a match and also players that are likely to still play 90 minutes. For instance, certain positions are expected to do a lot more running than others. So some positions are less likely to be used in those substitutions. Yeah, like we mentioned with the uh, wingers and fullbacks, they might be most at risk. But it depends on you know which team and what aim they've got during the season, whether or not they're going for the title like Liverpool. Yeah, they're going to win it sooner, sooner rather than later. What are your thoughts on this, Stefan? And I think a certain set of players just become bad options overnight here with the five subs. And I think uh, if you take take like, specific teams, like say for example Sheffield United, then they usually switch around with the forwards and Lundström also either comes on or goes off. And I think that's a given that uh, the guys like a lot of guys will go off maybe even before 60 minutes. And especially I think that will happen to Manchester City. 
because they are a club that have the most games as they're also in the FA Cup and they have pretty much nothing to play for since they're in second comfortably. Okay, four points ahead of Leicester with a gaming hand. So I think uh, you will see a lot of, maybe not a lot of rotation. Say, for example, De Bruyne can start each game. He can still start them, but he will maybe go off pretty early if they're up a couple of goals or something. So I will be looking to more than ever go for players that are A, playing for a team that really has something to play for, and B, the talismans are even more important now than ever before. Because you, even though you have five subs, you, you can't afford to bench Grealish, for example. And for Manchester United, they will play their, their guys like Martial, Bruno, either way, because they have uh, the fourth spot to, to go for. And the same with Chelsea and Leicester. They also have something to play for, as well as the relegation teams in Watford, Aston Villa, even Bournemouth and Brighton. I don't know who to pick from those teams, but I will likely avoid most players from the, the mid-table teams because in this given scenario, why would you play a guy in 90 minutes each game three times a week to maybe go from 12th to 9th in the, in the table? I suppose the argument for that is that they don't have a deep squad for those mid-table teams, whereas the top teams do. So with the mid-table teams, if they do want to win their games, so, you know, the likes of Arsenal, who are a mid-table team, we, we want to play our strongest team so we can try and reach the top four. Yeah, but they sort of have something to play for still. And that's, the, of course, the, the natural counter-argument that a lot of teams still have something to play for. Arsenal are five points behind Manchester United in fourth place and eight points behind Chelsea with a gaming hand. So I guess if they win against City, they're right back into the top four uh, competition. Win against City? But I think... <sighs> yeah, they might win against City. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> have you looked at the history there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but James is going to tell us about how these uh, empty stadiums are going to affect things. <laughs> so yeah, we, might, we might be surprised, but <clears throat> I think like... I was, I was uh, pretty much set on thinking, oh, Calvert-Lewin, he's a great option because he scored so many goals and he looked to be in form and he can continue. But even him, like for Everton, playing in no man's land more than along with Newcastle and Crystal Palace and Southampton, I'm, I'm not sure that everyone will start with the same lineup in those kind of games. I'm not sure. They might start, but they will be subbed more earlier than before, I think. I suppose the, the key to that is that they are actually playing for the start of next season as well. So they should have some motivation to want to get into the manager's thoughts for next season because this is like a pre-season now, I think. And yeah, there's not going to yeah. be that much time between this, the end of this season and the start of next. So there is that to think about. But in pre in preseason they usually switch half the team at half time in the early games, and and I do think we have to keep in mind that this startup has been sort of forced because of the the issue with the TV money and how much the clubs will lose. Uh, I read something about Liverpool having to pay back the TV companies because they didn't get to play the original oh, schedule original scheduled games. So. I'm not sure if you ask the coaches if this is enough time to really go from 12 weeks off or 10 weeks. I don't remember how many weeks. Every week's the same now. But yeah. a lot of a lot of weeks off and some players have come back with a, a bit of a, a few extra pounds on them. <laughs> and they're just KDB. supposed to be ready to go three times a week 
come June 17th or June 19th, 20th. So I, I'm not sure that all players and all teams are ready for that. Three games a week is tough. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we're, we're bound to see a load of injuries, which usually, given the break that they've had, yeah, they should be fit because a lot of them, like I suppose the top teams and the most well-played players, uh, well-paid players, will have like gym equipment at home, etc. Well, I think that nearly all the players really should have that because they probably earn enough money. But yeah. I don't think they will be, you know, they won't be match fit, will they? And as, oh. we, as we mentioned, it's the longest that players have gone without competitive football. But yes, yeah, that word again, unprecedented. We don't know what the mindset of the players will be in either. We don't know what the manager's mindset will be in terms of there's going to be a lot of unknowns. So, yeah, maybe this is the, the time to actually go with what we do know based on the season just gone. Let's move on to the, the next rule change which we've got. So it's unlimited transfers. Uh, I think we'll come to that when we talk about how to prepare your team for game week 30. Let's move on to the next one, which is uh, this is the only double game week. So yeah, it will be the only double game week left in the season if there are postponements due to COVID-19, which there might be. There might be some teams which get tested and then suddenly they're unable to play the game. Then that's the only way there will be another double game week. But I don't think we can think like that. So at the moment, there are none other than this one. So now... I think we'll move on to more talking about this in how to prepare your team, but it does feel like almost the best opportunity to get the highest ceiling that you could possibly get. Yes, single game week players can score higher than double game week players, but we all know that the ceiling for any player is going to be higher if they've got a double game week. And yes, you know, they've got two games to do it in. So, yeah, it's simple. Now, I, I, just to come back on that, I did say earlier about the free hit was available. Now, there has been a few questions about the free hit before game week 30. So, to make everyone aware, you cannot make unlimited transfers, then use the free hit, and then come out of game week 31 with the team that you had after using the unlimited transfers. You will end up with the team you had before the game relaunched, which was yesterday. Was it yesterday? <laughs> it was yesterday. God, was yesterday, losing yeah. track now. The only difference to the relaunch to before the start of the season is that you are able to free hit. That is the only difference to now and before game week one this season. So just to make you aware of that. Let's move on to the fixtures then. So who have got the good fixtures? Let's kind of list which teams are looking at who have got good fixtures towards the end of the season now the ones I've listed which I can see I'm just looking at Ben Crellin's sheet Man United Wolves Man City Spurs Burnley Liverpool Chelsea are the only teams to note which have got fairly good fixtures towards the end of the season any which you guys have noticed which we might be able to target I wouldn't say any massively that I've noted because I think a lot of teams have that one or two games in this like eight game week period, nine game week period that you might want to miss for part of it. So I actually don't think there's any standout option for the first or for the rest of this season. I think uh, Manchester United is the standout option for me, uh, given that they have something to play for. They will be in that fourth place race up until the end. They have great fixtures on at least in in my spreadsheet uh, with my own FDRs. And uh, they won't be able to rest everybody because they have to win each and every of these games. And the form they had be with um, Bruno coming in 
and now Rashford being back. I'm, I'm not sure if he will start from right from the start, but give Rashford a couple of games, let them have Tottenham, Sheffield United, maybe the Brighton game, and then they have a great fixture run where I will be loading up on United. So my plans are involving United for sure, and that's my aim. And City has the greatest fixtures maybe of all, but they still are City. And I'm wary of how how you will be able to get minutes from those guys. <laughs> yeah, I do see a lot of fixture swings after game week 31, actually. So maybe that could be a good time to wildcard. It's almost changing what I'm thinking for my st- overall strategy. But I have looked at yeah. the... Go on. Yeah, so if, you, if you look at wildcards, and I think we could keep this in mind because everyone's pretty much set on these these plans uh, when i'm looking through twitter i see that the plans involve gaming 30 31 but i haven't seen much many mention keeping the wild card for example let's say on still gaming 33 let's, where let's get to liverpool that. let's get to that yeah things there for both liverpool's manchester city manchester united uh, even norwich has great games them west ham yeah, yeah. something so so uh, there's a lot of teams to pick yeah. from then also Wolves chelsea as well. Wolves, yeah yeah, and Chelsea might be sneakingly good here. They have some some tough fixtures somewhere, but they also have pretty much great fixtures up until game week 37. Yeah, I am considering Tammy for the double game week. They're playing Villa, so Villa have to go for it because they need the points. So could leave a lot of room for Chelsea to take them down. Um, <clears throat> I did take a look at the, the race for the top four, and yeah, you're right, Man United have got four teams out of the bottom six and only one out of the top six left to play. Looking at the other teams in the race of the top four, Tottenham have two from the bottom six and two from the top. Chelsea have got four from the bottom six and three from the top. Yeah, Sheffield United got four from the top six and only one. And then Arsenal have got four and four. So, yeah, you are right. United do look to have the, the best fixtures. So maybe that stacking up on them is going to be what most people are going to be doing come game week. Well, even from game week 30, really. Yep, I completely agree because... The, wasn't that one of the last games we saw before it ended the Manchester United Manchester City game where United pretty much dominated City yeah, looked good, at least yeah. from what I can so yeah they were great and Bruno were great once again Martial took the goal really well and who is to say they won't be able to create or score some goals against Tottenham yeah but this is the thing is form out the window now we this is what we don't know. It will be interesting to... See, I suppose that's why I didn't shout out Man United. It's just that Tottenham Sheffield United, to me, is the first two games. Yeah, tricky. doesn't make me go, yes, get on it. Yeah. Now, if we were going with the Man United that was in form, then I'd be like, yes, no problem. But it's the fact that, for me, form has gone out the window. Yeah. But if I was just thinking of any team in the league, Tottenham Sheffield United isn't the two fixtures I'd want to be jumping on. And they do play Sheffield United at a neutral ground by the looks of Ben Quillen's sheet. So let, let's quickly talk about that before we move on. So obviously that is a rule change. Some games will be played on neutral grounds. It looks like the Liverpool-Everton game will be played on a neutral ground. There's the Liverpool-Man City game, neutral ground, Man City-Newcastle game. There's a few games which you can see in, in Ben Quillen's sheet that will be played on neutral ground. Do you think that'll make a massive difference? And we're going to talk a bit more about behind closed doors when I come to topic number two what we've learned from the Bundesliga what happens and you know home advantage etc but do you think that'll make a massive difference with neutral grounds Stefan? I think every game could be seen as a neutral ground at this point yeah. I don't think it will have much to say either way home and away. 
No, I agree. Without the fans, I'm not sure. Like, say Liverpool, for example, is it Anfield without the fans? Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, like there, there was there was a good thing. Where did I see it? I think Block FPL on YouTube. He put up something that he, he put something up like a graph of optimal arousal, and uh, when the crowd are really behind them, the performance goes up. Type of thing. It was, it was actually quite interesting. It was like a, a little inverted U model, which was check that out. Block FPL, search them on YouTube. But yeah, that could make a difference, especially at Liverpool, because they really do get behind their their team there, don't they? So maybe that has been making quite a difference. Who knows? Right. So let's move on to topic number two then. So what we have learned from the Bundesliga, right, I'm going to probably talk for quite a bit here because I've seen quite a few opinion-based threads on this and I wanted to see some stats which back it up. And at FPL Muzzy on Twitter has put up a great thread, things that he has learned from the Bundesliga that may replicate to the Premier League are home advantage will mean much less with crowds the win home percentage in the Bundesliga this season before COVID-19 was 43% of the first 37 games since the restart without crowds only eight of them have been won that were the home team that's a win rate of 21.6% So this leads to that home teams score fewer goals behind closed doors. Average home goals per game in 224 games before the lockdown was 1.74. In the 37 games since, the home game average is 1.35. The away goals per game average is up from 1.5 to 1.84. And the overall goals per game have gone down only slightly on average from 3.25 to 3.18. So on average, also he found out that a player, the shots on target and saves have all been decreased in the Bundesliga behind closed doors. So the average shots per game before was 26.8. Since the restart, it's 24.9. The average saves per game before was 6.7. And since the restart, it was 6.4. So 67.4% of shots on target were saved in front of crowds this season. And 66.4% since the restart behind closed doors. So teams and players are now taking less shots overall, which could mean more clean sheets. Also, there are less yellow cards given to away teams behind closed doors. Research has shown that on average, half a yellow card less is being given to away teams per game. So supporting the idea that there's less referee bias without crowds. So to sum up home games, there is no advantage leading to fewer goals. On average, player shots, shots on target and saves have all decreased. So less yellow cards have been given away teams. So crowd influence over the ref has gone. So that is what he has found out. If you want to go read that at FPL Muzzy, it's probably easier if you did that. I just wanted to list some of the numbers that he had. But apparently a lot of youngsters have been coming on towards the end of games as well. And I saw a thread by Neil Murray on Twitter as well. He's saying there have been some surprise benchings, uh, rotation aplenty, and as I mentioned, plenty of injuries as well. So there may also be avoiding injury prone players might be the way to go for the Premier League. Have you guys got anything which you've noticed from the Bundesliga which you, you've got to list? The big at the back should be back with, with those stats. 
We're looking at Alonso. Five defenders. TAA and yeah. Laporte, TAA, Robertson. I mean. We're, we're looking at the German league, probably not as good a quality as the Premier League in terms of defence. I don't know that for a fact, but you know, just through watching the Premier League most of my life, that I know that the defending has never really been that much at question for all the teams, whereas I, I have watched some German games recently, and it really has been. <laughs> so I don't know if all of these are going to replicate. I'm just It's good to kind of look at and assess and, and think about, though. I mean, it also sounds like potentially the away teams now feel like they can do more yeah. or they they don't have to be as defensive, which could also affect your decision-making as well. Yeah. I have also seen that uh, the top teams have been just beating all the yes. bottom teams as well. They've, gone, like, they've destroyed some of the bottom teams yeah, from so some of the videos right. I've seen on YouTube of like Dortmund or Bayern yeah. or even Luverkarsen, I think, and Leipzig have done quite well in some games. Yeah. I think we've mostly covered the, the Bundesliga. I think it answers Mark at M. Bison 22's question about the German league as well. So we're going to move straight on to how to prepare your team for game week 30. Now, I'm sorry, guys, but I've got a lot to say on this one. So I'm going to list this as <laughs> you've well. You've got lots that you've really missed doing this, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really preparing for months, yeah. <laughs> you sit back and enjoy it. Take it away. Right, so the big one. So how to prepare your team for game week 30. So game week 30 has been taking up a lot of time of FPL managers' headspace at the moment. So to me, there are two types of managers. There are those that have used their second wildcard, like Stefan has, and there are those that still have their second wildcard, like me and JNO. I know there are many different ways to look at it, and I'm sure people have looked at loads of different strategies, but overall, there are two strategies to look at here. You can add bench boost and triple captain to this, but effectively they are free hit game week 30 or unlimited transfers into game week 30. These are the current options. Now, I know what you're thinking. They've given us unlimited transfers. We should be using that, no question. Well, that's not true. It may be beneficial to you, even if you have a wild card available, to free hit. Now, some may have used their other chips like bench boost and triple captain. They may have them available, but I think If we leave that to one side at the moment, as I don't think the potential of points that they offer will change your mind, they might, but I don't think it will. So you need to look at your team and see what matchups it has for game week 31 onwards for the rest of the season and analyse it from that point of view. So for managers who like their team as it currently is before the relaunch, before any transfers they've done recently, then free hit game week 30 to kind of maximise the double game players or if you do not like your team then change it use unlimited transfers and fill up for game week 30 but you need to do that for the rest of the season as well if you haven't got a wild card whereas if you have you can do unlimited transfers and go full whack on the double game week and then you can wild card out of it so for the people with the wild cards, I've heard a lot online, as you have, Stefan, that if you have your wild card, then you must use unlimited transfers into game week 30 and then bench boost in game week 30 and then wild card out of it as you have to attack it as much as possible, which is a fair argument, I know, but I have three issues with this strategy. Now, a lot of people are overlooking this one and you will only be bench boosting one double game week player. 
as you can only get a maximum of 12 double game week players. Normally, if you bench boost on a double game week, you're looking to bench boost four double game week bench players. That's the maximum use of that chips, and that's what a lot of people do every year. Number two is there are average to bad matchups for your cheap bench boost players for this particular game week, I think. Not one draft that I've done, I found a decent bench. Number three is you're also wasting the most valuable chip to correct what you've done. And also the next game week is only 20 hours after game week 30. Burnley will play Man City at 8pm on the Monday and the next deadline is 5pm the next day. So it's a quick turnaround where you're forced to use a wild card because you don't want to hang on to like three Sheffield United, three Villa, maybe not even three City. Whereas the wild card might be an even stronger weapon towards the end of the season. Now that you may need that wildcard, as we spoke from earlier, there might be loads of injuries that you might need to correct. It is the most powerful chip, and it seems that people want to use it to correct what you've done. Now, the advantages of doing the unlimited transfers in game week 30 and then bench boosting and then wildcarding out of it is that one, you're effectively wildcarding the same time as you're bench boosting rather than the week before like we usually do. So there's less chance of injuries or other mishaps which may occur. Although we're still not 100% who will get the minutes with the new rules slash match fitness, etc. Number two is you will get the bench boost out of the way so you can focus your budget on the rest of the season on your first 11 therefore you can buy back the players that you lose value on because you're saving money on your bench by being like 4 million defenders instead of the 4.5 playing defenders that you want to bench boost number three is you will get one extra player gain points over the managers that will use the bench boost in a single game week and it is near towards the end of the season so now is the time to maybe make best use of that built up value to maximize your points so those are the advantages and disadvantages of using unlimited transfers for game week 30 and then bench boosting so the other option for managers with a wild card is to free hit so therefore losing the use of unlimited transfers and then saving the bench boost and wildcard for another time now the disadvantages for this is the same as the advantages for using the unlimited transfers but the advantages of the strategy are you will be saving value on your players that you currently have with the likes of Salah, Jimenez, TAA, Doherty, Fernandez, like Ings. There are many players which you might lose value on which you will want some of those players after game week 30. Number two is bench boosts in a week where fixtures for cheaper players may be more favorable for example game week 36 i've seen that there are cheap options for chelsea they're playing norwich wolves have burnley brighton have saints and vice versa saints have brighton number three is that saving that wild card for when you truly need it so yeah there are a lot of injuries as mentioned in the bundesliga so maybe there will be a lot in the prem and there may be a better time who knows there might be a postponement you might get a better time to use it so those are the two options which i feel whichever one you're going with your wild card i don't think it's you have to go for one and then the other what are your thoughts on that jeno because i know you've got your wild card and i just want to come here what your thoughts on those particular options so see i i was of the opinion that i would make the most of my unlimited transfers because it's it's almost like an extra hand that's been dealt to us Uh, but of course everyone gets to use that at the same time but i like your arguments i do like your arguments and i did look at other options as well because some people won't have it and there is always other ways to attack things so i did also think 
with those transfers that we'd had when the game was on hiatus and they just had the game weeks where nothing was happening, like you said, you may be very happy with your side with the fixtures that your players have left. So if you're happy with your side, the wildcard, like you said, could be very useful at another time, especially with so many rotations. There might be a youngster that comes up and starts to prove himself and just gets given more game time because the team he's playing for don't have anything to play for. And now he's the kind of player you have to get in. There might be a couple of them. And you could potentially wildcard into a better team and sort out some issue, uh, issues like injuries and so on that you mentioned. So I do think it really depends on how happy you are with the side that you currently yeah. have. Yeah. If you're not happy with that side, potentially you didn't make use of the transfers for the game weeks where nothing was actually played. You might be looking at your side now and going, I really need to change it. And if that is the case, then you have to make the most of these unlimited transfers, I think. But like I said, the value is such an important matter in this. If you're going to be taking out players you've built value up in, you're losing that value. And also the fact is, if you get rid of players that you've built value up in, you're getting rid of them at a time when we're going into a new period pretty blind. We don't know form. We don't know what players are going to come back, how well they're going to play. And you're potentially losing team value which you could use later on in the game. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to come to you on uh, next then, Stefan, but I'm going to list so for the managers without the wildcard like yourself. You have the two options, as I spoke about earlier. You've got the free hit choice or you've got the unlimited transfers into game week 30. It does depend, as Jamie mentioned, on your current team and if you like it and if you want to keep the value in it. Now, you won't get 12 double game week players if you use unlimited transfers because you know, you'll want to have a wild card to change that so you want to balance your team as much as possible i've listed the disadvantages and advantages they're more or less the same as the wild card but people without the wild card will only have this one chance to overhaul their team if they don't like it and if it's in good nick you'll want to keep the value in your team then free hit if you hate it then use your unlimited transfers where are you at with that well i think uh you have some, some good arguments, but you also have some arguments which are thinking too much about the problem <clears throat> that I find not so hard at all. And I think that the only logical reason to do something here, and that will be unlimited transfers are like a free hit, except in that free hit, you can also play your bench boost, which is like a dream scenario. You get the free wildcard into a double game week where you can spend your bench boost ship. So for everyone, not except, not of course just me without the wildcard, but also with, the, with those who has the wildcard, I think it's a really is a no-brainer to spend the unlimited transfers and play the bench boost with a free hit team of 15 guys and then wildcard out of it. And regarding that point, you, you said you only get one more double game week player on the bench or something. Yeah, so that, that's but, one, but, one more yeah, for the bench boost. But, yeah, but the thing is, you don't really get that because in a normal setup, you will have guys like, say, for example, Alexander-Arnold, which you won't get rid of anyways, and Doherty, for example. And those guys, you, you wouldn't bench those guys for, say, John Egan or O'Connell from Sheffield United in a normal game week. So what you really do is is you get your double, you get your bench boost with, say, for in my case, I get a double Sheffield United defense and John Fleck in the midfield and, say, um, Pepperina in goal. So the thing is, I wouldn't start Basham over, say, Doherty this, this game week either way, or Alexander-Arnold. 
So I think you're looking at it a bit too narrow-mindedly because mm. you get this. This gimmick is disagree. <laughs> great for this gimmick is great for having the cheap players have the double gimmick. The cheap players are in Sheffield United, they are in Aston Villa, they are in okay those two teams. But but that's your bench boost basically, cheap Aston Villa and Sheffield United players. So I think that's great. And other than that, I think if you play the free hit now, you're pretty much just throwing away one or two free hits. For me, it's uh, I would really not recommend anything else than spending your unlimited transfers now, play the bench boost ship if you have it, and then play the wild card if you have it. And if you don't have it, you have to ease down on the double game week players this game week and just leave it and realize that this season, especially for me, like I, I played the wild card with the game week which got interrupted we were just uh, unlucky and we have to just do, make the best of it but i really think there's no other option than uh, using the unlimited transfers now either way and i think you you just you you go too deep into it and try to be too clever if you think about something else and that's my that's my harsh opinion on, now, on this. now now to disagree with you now you're looking at say TAA playing against Everton that you're looking at starting on a bench boost and you're looking at who else you've got on on your team which you're looking at starting instead of the bench boost players which were Sheffield United players now yes Sheff- Doherty for example yeah so he's playing West West Ham which yeah I, I suppose that is a, a good fixture but you look at the Liverpool players playing Ever- Everton now on a bench boost you wouldn't necessarily call that a great fixture to have obviously it is Liverpool but if you're looking at your bench boost as a whole, you would normally play those those cheaper players. I know that Sheffield United, they're relatively cheap, but they're not all that cheap players. Whereas I think you want to invest more money into your first 11 rather than leave them on the bench. So who have you got on your bench for your team? Yeah, yeah. but the thing, thing about that is I got Egan and Basham and John Fleck. And, and the thing is, if I were to make my bench as cheap as possible and still yet keep 15 guys which are playing, since we just talked about how important it is and how much rotation and injuries it will be, it's pretty crazy to just go with 11 men on the wildcard or even 12 who plays. So so I would save maybe 0.3, 0.4 on John Egan. I might save like 0.3 on Duda for Fleck, but it's like... It's not that much money. And in the other case with the, with the value, we have been talking lots of times on this podcast about how team value is important to build and also use in the early stage of the season. Whereas on the second wild card or in the run-in, we don't care too much about value. We don't make transfers on Monday evening yeah, during a yeah. normal game week to, 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 say, to get that extra point one because it's not that relevant anymore. But but if but you, if think... you were to change your whole team now, like I know you're on free hit, so uh, but you're on unlimited transfers, so you're not going to change your team a great deal because you're going to keep most of the good players. But if you're losing value on quite a lot of your players, it's whether or not you can get those players back at the end of it. I don't think you would want anyone, uh, all of them, back later on. Either way, and 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 you get stuck with a and you get stuck with a really tough situation regarding your bench boost later on, because. As we just said, we have injuries, we have rotation, we have a lot of question marks about the whole which teams are going to be good, etc. So how are you able to play your wild card and get 15 guys the next game week without it going bonkers? But, in but, some but how, how do you know that the 15 that you currently have are going to be playing full? We you... don't know, but we have more options. We have more chances of them playing. 
Especially if you have the wild card. If you get 12 guys who has the double, you are pretty certain that most of them will get minutes. That's it's, if it's you're going safe... full whack within the double yeah. game week. But either still, if you if you believe like a guy like Grealish, he will play. And if you want to pick some guys who had the single games, like Jimenez from, from Wolves, he will play. You just know he will play. Yeah. Except if he's injured. And Bruno Fernandes, like I have, because I have to think about more than just this game week. He will play, except if it just turn out turns out with COVID. But that will be the thing for the rest of the season. Anyone can get an injury. Anyone can actually get COVID and be out for a couple of weeks. We don't know. So we, the thing we know now is we have a double game week. We have a free hit chip, sort of, since we have unlimited transfers. But we get the second wild card. We get another wild card. We have a wild card in a double game week, and we can play the bench boost. It doesn't get any better than that for me. I mean, like they're, they're good points, but I disagree on your it's more than just the one double game week player on your bench type of thing, whereas you're going to be having single game week players and you're starting 11. You're still only going to end up with the one double game week player, which is... Yeah, ma- it's true. But it's true, but but my player for... Okay, if I switch around and put Egan in the first 11, then I have a bench boost with Alexander-Arnold. That seems pretty great. But that's how you're setting your team up. You're not maximising on, like, say, you're not getting Salah, Sterling, Aguero all at the same time type of thing. So you're not maximising on that double game week because you're already going for that single game week player. I listed Salah there, which is excellent, but like, yeah. or, or, you know, or Bamiang as well, bring that into it. So you're not maximising yeah. on that double game week because you have those single game week players, which are high in price, which obviously you're going to play. Oh, so no, no, the thing, the thing about me is I, I don't have the wild card but if you do have the wild card in hand okay i guess you you don't go sala in with all those other guys but you can stack pretty much everyone in there and as players learned getting rid of alexander arnold on the wild card before the leicester game i think yeah. he's a dangerous player to take out anyway so well, it's, uh, it's the value as well that the people are going to have in him he, you know he was bought at seven million he's now 7.8 yeah. you're gonna sell him for 7.4 you're losing 7.4 yeah. if you want him back after that as well it's, i think it's important not to get too carried away at least at this point because it's been so long without the game and when it comes back and you have a twist like unlimited transfers it's i think it's easy to just go overboard and planning too much and thinking too much and uh, getting too clever that's my main <laughs> point i think so I, I, i'm gonna do the straightforward thing here and i thought about it before the game released what i was gonna do if there was a uh, unlimited transfers and what I was going to do if it wasn't. At least for me, my part, I found it pretty straightforward. And I think those who has the wild card has hit the jackpot now, and they should just maximize it as good as they can. Okay, fair enough. Jenna, anything more to say on that? I kind of got two points for both sides there. Um, so the thing I do like about using the unlimited transfers and then bench boosting is going into this first game week you're probably going to get the teams being the most predictable that there possibly can be outside of any of the other game weeks because it's the first game week back. The most amount of teams still have something to play for. And I think all of them are going to want to start off with a win. So I think they're going to be a lot more predictable in this game week coming up than they are going to be, say, three, four, five game weeks in when some teams don't have anything to play for anymore injuries are going to start stacking up. So I like the fact that you'll be able to build a side that you can bench boost with that you're going to have a bit more confidence in than, say, a bench boost side later on 
However, I would also say that the one thing I do like about the free hit strategy is the fact that looking at bench boosting in game week 30, the teams aren't that appealing to me overall. Yeah. Now, of course, I want the Man City players in there. Uh, that's a given. Arsenal players I would really like in the side for, with those fixtures. I'd probably be looking at maybe a Bamiang. Maybe if I thought Urza was going to continue the slight show of form he had before the season came to a hiatus. Aston Villa, it's literally Grealish. I can't think of any other player that I'd want from Aston Villa. <laughs> and then Sheffield United, attacking-wise, is there many options that I would really want to bench boost with? So I don't actually think you have that many players that you could put in the side that you could confidently bench boost with that have a double game week. So that's kind of why I like the free hit, because you're trying to make the most of the double game week, and you don't have to have a great 15 players. You can just focus on a great 11. Yeah. I agree with that as well. Like it sounds like I'm very much for the free hit yeah. strategy, but I, it's, it's not necessarily where I'm definitely going. I was adamant on the unlimited transfers to start with. Then I, I, look, I looked at my team earlier today and I was like, oh, free hit would work because this, this, this and this. And I think there are both arguments for either one. It's quite a difficult decision to make, but I do think you've got the, it's just the choice between the two. Don't overcomplicate it too much with the bench boost. I don't think that's much of a swayer. I think just do it from if you like your team now or if you don't like your team now, whether to change it or not. I think that answers Mad Hatter's question. He was asking about what to do with if you don't have a wild card. What would your strategy be for double game week? I got I got to say on that if you if you don't have the wild card, but you have been clever and making those substitutions week in and week out during covid or the break i think it's viable to okay you could play the free hit (laughs) it might be if you have a perfect team because you spent so much time doing the correct transfers and you don't have a wild card free hit could work i guess if you you're being 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 swayed no i I, I think it would take a lot longer to sway (laughs) (laughs) and i I haven't seen any teams uh, which is so good that you can just avoid uh, using the limited transfer but i guess if if you're in perfect position with your transfers pre relaunch maybe yeah I, I agree. I agree. If you if you think that you're settled and you've got a good team for the rest of the season, then yeah, free hit is doable. So let's move on to Jay Ross's question. He was putting, we have substitutes increasing from three to five for teams. Does this improve or diminish the viability of players like Greenwood and Inketia? Now, I just think that they may get more minutes each game. I, I'm not necessarily they'll get a lot of minutes. Maybe with the likes of Inketia, he started a few, but he might get the odd 90 minutes. It's it's difficult to say. We're, it's, it's unprecedented times. Uh, last time I used that word this podcast, I'm sorry, but it is, and who knows what's going to happen in those particular circumstances. Right, I need to go for the Arsenal's piss, so that is going to be early, so I'm going to be right back. Okay, and welcome back from the Iceman's Piss Break. So you were going through some of the options of the double game weeks 
team there, Jano. So we're going to move on to the next topic, which is uh, what options are there from the double game week teams? So Mark M. Bison just says, who are the best three players from Arsenal, Villa, Man City and Sheffield United? Stefan, who do you think at the moment are the best three players from each of those teams? Okay, okay. For Arsenal, it's got to be Aubameyang, Leno, and whoever. I don't think it's a <laughs> no one else. third. Yeah, oh, I think it's pretty tough. I was looking at the Saka uh, guy as a cheap enabler, but it looks like Tierney was play- playing the last uh, what you call it exhibition game, practice game. Yeah, against Charlton. Yeah, six 0 Yeah, so he's out of the picture. So from Arsenal, it's just really Aubameyang and Leno. And from Aston Villa, I would have to say Grealish and this Samata guy up top. He can score a goal. I don't believe it. and I don't have faith in it, but he can score. And the defenders, I don't like the defenders. So for the third player, maybe McGinn, but he's a big risk having, having not played for so long. So Pepperina could be someone who I got in my team. From Manchester City, you've got to go with the big guys, Sterling, De Bruyne and Aguero. And from Sheffield United, I think Henderson and then two defenders, Baldock, Stevens, Egan, Basham, Lundström, if you knew he was going to play both games. But I think even if he starts both games, he might be subbed off before 60 minutes since uh, Wilder now has more options to, to substitute and he usually makes subs early on. Especially Lundström has gone off a bit early. I do have a, a video chat booked in with the Prince tomorrow, so we'll, we'll find out a little bit more on that one. Um, if we, if we can top. nail on Lundström for two games for 90 minutes, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hard. Yeah, we'll see. What about you then, Jeno? Who are your three from each? Any different from Stefan? To be honest, no, not really any different. I mean, the only thing I'd say is I have looked at trying to find some more Aston Villa players, uh, which was difficult. Um, I'd say if you were going to go for a defender, my gamble would be on target. Yeah. I'm not suggesting it, but that would be my gamble for a defender. And I'd say in midfield, there is some players there. If you can figure out which ones are going to play that every now and again have popped up with some form. You've got El Ghazi, Douglas Louise, uh, Trezeguet. Horahan had a period where he was scoring goals. So there's a few options there if you can figure out which one of those is going to play. But that's the problem, trying to figure out which one's going to play. Yeah, I agree with you on target. I think that he is a good asset. He creates a lot of chances, so he would be the one from Villa for me. Uh, from Arsenal, I uh, I would put some money on Lacazette to score a goal or two. Uh, I don't think that Ozzer was an option, but for some reason, I think he is in some way. <laughs> but he, That's he, the hope. He was in, yeah. He's a hope of an Arsenal fan, but he's probably going to do he nothing. He comes straight. Come, he comes straight from thirteen weeks of uh, Fortnite or something, and then yeah. straight back I'm on the pitch. I'm surprised you went the first one. Didn't think of Pepe at all. See, I just I'm not sure whether or not how much game time he's actually going to get. But the likes of Saka, I do think that Martinelli's going to play as well. So there's a few players which can chop and change. I'm not sure how keen Arteta is on him. Yeah, he does seem to be giving everyone a chance, doesn't he? Yeah. Which could yeah. lead to rotation as well. Yeah, exactly. I took, um, I, I, took a, I took a punt on Pepe on my 29 wild card and 
watching that game versus West Ham as a Pepe owner for the Painful. first time, it was not a pleasant experience. So yeah. that, that guy, I don't have many hopes for. So yeah. I wouldn't recommend him at all. One player that you haven't listed in uh, is McBurney from Sheffield United, which I am quite keen on. I do think that he's going to come in and do quite well. I know the Prince listed in the interview I did with him that McBurney was going to be their secret weapon. So... I'm expecting big things from him at some point. Whether or not that's going to come true, we'll yet to find out. But other than that, yeah, I agree with the, what else you said there. Let's move on I'm to... sorry, Go on. but I have no faith in any Sheffield United attacker. <laughs> but hopefully it does come good for you. <laughs> Who knows? I, I don't know if I'm going in. Um, he, he's been an option for me. Right, let's move on to the topic. So players that were injured with throbbing testicles. So Rashford, Kane... Pogba, Son, McGinn, Sane, Laporte, David Brooks, RLC and Pulisic are some of the players which I have listed off the bat there. So, Jano, any of them which are enticing you to, to look at them and make sure you keep an eye on them when this is all back and swinging? I mean, I looked at them and went with the ones that I liked without looking at stats and then found some stats to back them up potentially, but again, is form a thing anymore. But Rashford and Son were the two that literally jumped off the page at me out of that list. I think both will be important for their sides going forward and both have that kind of pedigree where we know we can expect some returns for them at times. Laporte, I think, does definitely help Man City's defence. I think most people would agree that if he's in the defence, we're a bit more confident they can potentially get a clean sheet. And then my punt would probably be Pulisic. He did have that very purple patch and I think there's a chance he comes back into the side and does well. What about you, Stefan? I think all of those guys are wait and see for me. Uh, I'm a particular like Rashford. He, I think he will become a great option once he gets going again. So I'm, I'm going to have a plan to bring him in at some point. Uh, with regards to Laporte, he is, of course, the double game with King of last season. But this season, the three games he has played after his injury was 77 minutes against Sheffield United, 64 against West Ham and 57 against Leicester. So to me, that screams. And and with those five subs, I'm not sure. He will start against Arsenal, maybe play the full game. But the Burnley game, I'm not sure if he will start that one. Yeah, fair enough. And maybe play 60, so... I think we have enough good options without looking at the injured previously injured ones from the get-go have a plan and use it uh, use the wild card or something some transfers later to bring in the right ones oh use the wild card which we, you were going to use straight <laughs> after oh i see you yeah, changed your mind you, now no <laughs> use the wild card he's not sticking to his strategy anyway. <laughs> i was just him. saying the, i was just saying the strategy you, you can bring in those guys after we have some information uh, from gaming 30 yeah, then okay. you wild card okay. and then you put them in I, I noticed that you listed mcginn earlier as well i do think el ghazi may be even more of a punt I think he's uh, more you know McGinn is not going to be match fit at all just coming back so I think El Ghazi is one which people can think about there as well um <clears throat> right so let's move on to the questions then so we've got a few here let's try and get through some of these so we've got one here from Emma from our slacks then what advice can you give to someone who's trying to hold on to a good rank and what tips do you have for those whose rank reflects an unlucky season JNA, what you got for this? The way I play the game, I find that if you're focused too much on a specific result, and I know it's very tempting if you've got a good rank, you start to worry about how you can hold it. 
I feel like the fear of not achieving that result can weigh down your decisions that you make, and then you start to try and overthink things. So I'll refer to when I had a very bad rank, and my whole game plan was, how do I get a better rank? How do I get a better rank? And I'd start overthinking and like changing my mind and not going with my gut. And it ended up with my rank just getting worse and worse. Whereas I'm going to try and take this new uh, way of playing the game this unprecedented time to uh (laughs) i had to use to kind of play with a little bit more fun a little bit more freedom because i think that's something we all need a bit uh with everything that's been going on so i might take some big risks and try and get that rank as high as possible instead of looking at the other way of how do i hold on to it how can you make it even better and just try and make some different moves play the game your own way, try not to worry about too much what other people are doing, because I think it's very tempting to go, I'm in the top 10k, what's the rest of the top 10k doing? Where, if you really want to go high up, potentially look at what the top 10k are doing and go, okay, I'm going to try something different. Don't be held back by the fear of losing the rank that you've got. I love that advice, Jim. That's really good. I think That's why I was trying to find it. <laughs> yeah, that's tip-top stuff. What about you, uh, Stefan? Anything to add to that one? <clears throat> uh, I just stay away from getting fancy, and uh, uh, I would if I would keep my want to keep my rank, I would just block the biggest captain option each, each week and plan for that. Yeah, it's my straight straightforward answer, and I think people talk about maybe fun and stuff, but it might not be the most fun strategy, but it's still a good strategy. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, I hope that helps, Emma. Uh, next question is from Xavier. He's put in, uh, for rotation purposes, which are the best forward combinations? For example, Jimenez plus Jota, etc. I think he's meant to put there. Thanks. So I, I would never rotate my forwards at all. I, I'm not really sure if that's a, an option. I'm not entirely sure on the purpose of that question but anything to say on this one guys rotation best i mean the way i read it was kind of if you pick those two you're guaranteed to have a wall striker yeah. that's what i think the strategy is and i i can't really say i'd go for that strategy either because it feels like i'm just going putting all my eggs into the wolves basket by going for those two and f- i know they've only really got trone as their other option as a striker unless they play with um say Treore and Jota either side of Jimenez but I think that Wolves side has plenty of options and different ways of playing that even with that kind of partnership I don't really like it I was trying to find other partnerships Vardy and Iheanacho and Perez potentially but Vardy is way too expensive to be someone that you put in as a combination and then moving down Burnley potentially you could look at them but they've got four strikers all were playing pretty well when they were fit so I, I can't really get myself to back playing two forwards in that kind of strategy yeah fair enough Stefan yeah, I'll just use this as an example of which players to stay clear of because Jota he he's not the guy who gets 90 minutes that often and he is the guy who you should avoid while Jimenez you should get because he should start pretty much every game if I'm, not injured I'm looking at bringing and, in Jota alongside him and his oh uh, so we disagree about that also yeah I mean like, <laughs> at Wolves some time have, okay Wolves have got some really good fixtures and Jota really does yeah he finished the end of uh, last season really well I keep saying last season but it's not last season it's this season isn't it he did oh he also finished last season very well oh yeah well. true yeah and <laughs> yeah so it's you know, I'm quite tempted by him. They've got some good fixtures. Ings is 
might be on my chopping block at some point, um, depending if I uh, use my uh, free hit or not. <laughs> so they're, 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 I am looking at that. Um, <clears throat> so it's something which I don't think you should be steering away from. Another thing we disagree on, Stefan, liking it. Right, yeah, but, uh, I on. just think that this, that this, uh, at this time, we, we should really emphasize again those who should start every game and play the minutes. If yeah. we expect rotation, if we expect injuries, in, and they have a tight schedule, why go for these fringe players which aren't nailed down for 90 minutes or close to 90 minutes? And which is also injury prone. I think Jota has had his share of injuries. He's out here and there with something. So I'd rather go somewhere else than Jota. He's 6.4 and you have an obvious alternative, for example, in Calvert-Lewin, which should start most games. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe no, he doesn't there's... have too much to play for, but uh, I would rather go for some some main striker, Puki, Ings, someone who oh, may not Ings. He he's also rotation prone. <laughs> So we're left with, we're left with not prone. that many options. Yeah. <laughs> we're left with Pookie. That's the thing. We, we, you make good points. There's also, we need to list the injury-prone players. The likes of Aguero is going to be injury-prone, but hopefully we're only going to get him for this uh, double game week as well. But <clears throat> we need to be wary of that towards the, the end of the season, which we will come to in uh, other podcasts as well. We are mainly concentrating this one on how to prepare your team and what to look forward to, etc. So we've got a few questions here regarding Liverpool players. So Emma's put, which Liverpool players to keep especially Salah or Mane also FPL DC is playing pool players still viable for the first three game weeks the fixtures look a bit meh uh, Nuclear Atom saying after Liverpool win the league should I keep Salah or transfer him out if yes then then who so Stefan you're the Liverpool fan you know more about them than anyone else surely so what, what do you reckon with the Liverpool players do you think we should be keeping them do you think they're going to change once they win the league uh, for for the gaming thirty, I would just keep Alexander Arnold for obvious reasons, the value and that he can hold in pretty much any game. And ten points for Alexander Arnold is still great, even though he just had one game. Uh, with regards to Salah and Mane, I think they are expensable for gaming thirty because of their price, and you can get uh, you won't captain them either, so you're not necessarily needing them for this game week. But for gaming thirty one. I think uh, you should have some way of bringing in a Liverpool striker or one of Salah and Mane because they have Crystal Palace and I think that might be the best captain option for this that game week. And the captain options are pretty important. Yeah, good point. Uh, other, than, other, other than that, I think uh, I will drop Liverpool players when I see Klopp going bonkers with his <laughs> team li- lineups. But they don't have any FA Cup. They have uh, some records to chase. They have been waiting X amount of weeks to lift the trophy. And I, I'm not sure they just will step, take the foot off the gas, gas uh, once they win it. I think except Salah or Mane might go for a golden boot. I yeah, don't know how, how, how far behind Salah is now from the golden boot. We can check it real fast if I can find the statistic goal scored. Vadi's top, isn't he? <clears throat> Barn is 19 and Salah 16. So it's, it's a great spot for both Salah at 16 and Mane at 14 to really chase that that title, I think. So I think you can rely on them for as long as we we see Klopp picking them. When Klopp benches them, okay, it's time to get rid. 
Yeah, totally, we, totally agree with that. We, or, or if club starts like Keanu Hoover on the right back instead of Alexander Arnold or something, okay, we can safely move on to some teams which have some players that have something to play for. Yeah, agree with that. Okay, last question then. So uh, one from FPL Classico is saying. Good to have you back, surgeons. With lots of unknowns after the long and unexpected break, isn't it way too risky to play a chip in the dark before seeing how the first game week goes, Stefan? Sure, double, <laughs> double game weeks are always attractive, but I think patience the patient approach will be profitable. We are Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow, is the quote. So your thoughts on that? In the dark, uh, Stefan, will you be in the dark? Yeah, I think uh, Jano put it well that we this first game week might be the game week where we are more certain on the lineups than either of the other game weeks because we expect everyone to at least start with their best team. So I think we we know more than we think we know maybe. And yeah. and the other thing is with nine game weeks left, we don't have too much time to catch up anyways. And and. Uh, to, to, you can scare people into actually playing the chips now also because you can imagine the highest score this game week will be someone who has played the unlimited transfers with regards to just this game week, put out 15 players in the bench boost and gotten a major score on his players. Uh, say, for example, City goes bonkers with Aguero captain or something and you have a triple Sheffield United clean, double clean sheet or something like that. So I think that is the way to really climb the rankings and hence also the way you can lose out in the rankings this game week. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. Okay, I think that is it for questions. Sorry if we didn't get to your questions. We had a few from Mark at mbison 22 Thank you as always, Mark. I think some of them were answered anyway. Uh, so we're going to move on to partner chat now. So Mikael has sent me his Patreon link in terms of the team which we should be getting for this game week 30. And the players at the top are De Bruyne, Sterling, Grealish, Fleck, Mares for midfielders. For defenders, it's O'Connell, Laporte, Stevens, uh, Baldock, Egan, Walker. And up front, it's Aguero. McBurney's up there. And Aubameyang, Samata, Sharp's up there as well. And Jesus. So there are a few players which the algorithm is suggesting to go for. If you want to check out Mikel Top Fans algorithm, it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm for just $1.50. Uh, we also partnered with uh, Fancy Football Hub. We've been given the exclusive sign offer code of Surgery10. So if you want to go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, you can sign up there for 10% off. I think they're doing a deal at the moment. Apologies, that I can't remember what that is. I think it's like 90%, but uh, look out for that on their Twitter. We're also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles one who is concocting a masterpiece, he told me. Uh, so you'll see that on Twitter. Let's move on to Tractins, transfers and captains, and the choice of the best captain. So, obviously, we're going to be doing lots of transfers where we're doing unlimited transfers or the free hit. Um, it's all dependent. Oh, question here from Mad Hatter For me, it's punting time for the rest of the season. My rank is bad, so captains are going to be fun. I'm considering who will be the fittest, who would have kept in shape, which is why I'm considering Mares or Sterling as Capo, rather than KFC. Oh, he's crossed that out and put KDB. <laughs> so, J&O, 
What are your thoughts? Let me list what team you're currently looking at at the moment, what strategy you're going for, and what captain you are choosing. I mean, to be fair with my team, I'm still not sold 100% on what I'm going to do with it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it will be it will be either a free hit or the unlimited transfers. Well, yeah, that's the two um, choices we've listed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I should have plenty of options from the double game week sides. So... I think to put it quite simply, I'll be looking at a Man City option and having looked back at the history, because I think we can safely say we expect uh, Man City to do well in their second game. The Arsenal game, I've kind of looked at who scored likes to score against Arsenal for Man City. And unfortunately, it seems to be a lot of Man City players like to score against Arsenal. <laughs> uh, but the ones that stood out to me were the pretty obvious ones, Aguero, KDB and Sterling. So I think for me, um, the captain would have to be Aguero, but I'd be going very heavy on C. Okay, fair. You, you got a team to list at all, or you, you're not really put... I have yet? not gone that far into okay. it yet. Okay, 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 <laughs> about okay yeah, cool, cheers for that. So what about you, Stefan? Have you got a team which you've got in mind and a captain? Oh, I got a team, and I got a, I got a team, and I got some nightmares with... With not having the wild card because I have to go for a more balanced and limited transfers here. Given as my team wasn't in very good shape because I have just actually left it during the break, so I felt uh, unlimited transfers and bench boost was the best way to go. I think yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna hope and pray and everything like that that City rotates very heavily against Burnley and sort of snubs everyone for the <laughs> major double game week uh, score so uh, the way this season has been going I guess what will happen is like Aguero six goals or something because I'm, yeah. I'm currently Hopefully. just having De Bruyne currently just having De Bruyne from Manchester City and I'm I'm sort of betting Long term also that Manchester City will have lots of rotation and very hard to pick the guys that will get the points. So uh, we'll see how that strategy works. Uh, so I, my plan is to have triple Sheffield United with Egan, Basham and Fleck and Pepe Reina as my bench boost. And I will have Leno in goal. I couldn't afford Henderson in this setup. And I have Alexander-Arnold, Doherty and Aurier, all guys which should play. I know they are fullbacks, but uh, they are pretty essential to the teams. And both, uh, okay, you can't bench Alexander-Arnold against Everton at least. And Doherty and Aurier are pivotal to their teams, so I don't think they will be benched either. Uh, De Bruyne will be my captain. I think I just need to make the most out of the one City guy I have. And then I have sure starters in Fernandes and Grealish, which I think will play a lot until the end of the season. And I'm punting on uh, Barnes from Leicester. He has played a lot of minutes for a while now. He has sort of a lot of 90 minutes. And I hope he will play because Leicester still needs to secure that fourth spot. And I went for Aubameyang. He can still be Aguero, of course, but I, I think Aubameyang is a better captain in uh, against Norwich, and he still has some good fixtures. So I'm not. I'm a bit worried about Aubameyang staying out wide like he did before the break, but he's on penalties, and who knows, he might counter-attack a goal. And Arsenal have been very good, at, at least results-wise, since Arteta came in. So I'm hoping that will continue. 
And I think Jimenez is another guy who just plays and plays, and he should be in there. And the last forward spot is a bit of a punt. Uh, I have Tammy Abraham. That's my most punty player, I think. He's back, and he should also be the main striker for Chelsea. And although I don't believe he will get more like more than maybe 70, 75 minutes a game, his fixtures are so good that I think uh, it might make up for it, and he should be the clear number one choice for Chelsea. Everything kind of stopped for Chelsea when he went out injured, I think. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really good asset. I listed him at the start of the pod, I think. He's also playing Villa as well, so yeah, I can yeah. see goals there. And, and, my, and my long-term plan when I mapped it out in a spreadsheet was I'm pretty much basically targeting Aston Villa from now until the end of the season. Them and Norwich. Oh, nice, yeah. So, um, that's my hope for the rest of the season. Yeah, I like it, like it. It's interesting to hear what team kind of going to settle on there as well you sound pretty settled at the moment so i'm sure you'll let let us know in our slack so i will list what free hit i'm going to list the free hit team which i've I've got so my current free hit team is leno and goal got basham egan and i had lundstrom there depending on the news which i hear tomorrow i've also got in this team grealish de bruyne sterling and ozil in midfield Mainly because I couldn't afford Pepe. <laughs> uh, I've got Aguero, Aubameyang, and I've got Jimenez up front as well. Uh, so I've got uh, a single game week player in there on my free hit just because I am expecting something from him. Uh, also, I was looking at the captaincy as well. I do think it's between Aguero, KDB and Aubameyang for me. I mean, like Aguero is always going to be a question mark. Pep could always start Jesus and just change it around. Jesus could be the future for Man City, but I think you've just got to go for it of what you know and just hope that he's going to stick with him. KDB currently on 178 points, 8 goals and 18 assists. He's currently on 6.9 points per game, but maybe has the lowest ceiling out of the three, but the highest floor. Aubameyang's on 152 points, 17 goals, 3 assists. He's on 5.9 points per game with a high ceiling, but probably the lowest floor, I think. Aguero on 122 points with 16 goals, 4 assists. He is on 5.6 points per game with the highest ceiling, but maybe the middling floor, in my opinion. And also Man City have scored 68 goals, I think, this season. So highest out of any other team. Does make me want to go Aguero, but I'm not fully decided on that. Right. Okay, we've got a rather long pod here now, so we're going to move it straight to a word from our Patreon, Mad Hatter, with his Alexa's Afterthoughts. Alexa, long time no see. Indeed, Mad Hatter, not seeing you has been a joy. I hear you had your car stolen on Saturday. How did that happen? Well, it turns out I left the doors unlocked and the spare key in the glove box. Ha ha, massive wanker. (laughs) Anywho, hope everyone is corona free and lockdown hasn't left you looking morbidly obese like Mad Hatter. Mate, I'm not that fat. Mate, you have actual satellites orbiting you. Well, a little light relief has arrived in this corona darkness, in the shape of the long-awaited return of FPL. So you can all quit your daily walk, to get away from the kids, stop masturbating yourselves into oblivion, crack open a cold one, and start planning your strategy for double game week 39. Feels good to be back in the driving seat. Uh... 
No offense intended, Matt Hatter. <laughs> Such a muppet. That's all from me and from Planet Gut here. Up the pod. Oh, yes, I'm going to pod. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is true. Mad Hatter has had his car stolen last Saturday. So if you do see a black Ford Fiesta Reg OV10KJK suspiciously up for sale somewhere, then please let us know the idiot left the key in the glove compartment. But good to have you back, Mad Hatter. <laughs> uh, so just going to say uh, thank you to JNO for joining us today. Appreciate it, mate. Yeah, cheers for having me on. Yeah, how can people find your channel, Twitter, etc.? Uh, yeah, just type in uh, FPL Today on YouTube in the search engine. I should be the first result. And I'm JNO underscore FPL on Twitter. Yeah, some great content on there. So if you liked what you heard today and would like to support the podcast, please do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please still join the league at CCCJK2. Check out our website, fplsurgery.com. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Twitter at FPL Surgery. And subscribe on iTunes and remember to rate us. And if you want to email me, it's info at fplsurgery.com. Good luck for the restart, everybody. Football is back. And Stefan? Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod.